Greetings and welcome to the Sunlam ESG Barometer Series, where we will be digging deeper into the insights derived from the 2023 installment of the Sunlam ESG Barometer. My name is Andile Kumalo and welcome to Episode 2. Environmental, social and governance imperatives have become fundamental to how businesses make investment decisions and in 2021 flows into ESG investments reached a pinnacle when the market saw an estimated $120 billion flow to sustainable investments. By effectively including and implementing ESG in business strategy, South African businesses can become more attractive for foreign investment to boost economic growth. The United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, are a set of 17 interconnected and ambitious goals adopted by all United Nations member states in September 2015 as part of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. These goals aim to address a wide range of global challenges and create a more sustainable and equitable world by the year 2030. The SDGs are also designed to balance the three dimensions of sustainable development, economic, social and environmental. But there is a deficit of understanding of these ESGs, especially amongst businesses. As a result, many businesses are unaware of how they may contribute to the goals or what benefits they can derive from doing so. Moreover, there is also a lack of clear direction on how corporations may put the SDGs into action. All the while, with 18.2 million South Africans said to be living in extreme poverty. The Sanlam ESG Barometer, in partnership with the Business Day, is the first to assess how JSE-listed companies are actively improving environmental and social outcomes in society through their activities. Today, at the Business Day Studios, I am joined by two experts to discuss the theme, What are the barriers in achieving the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals? First up, I have Cathy Lewis. She's the head of ESG at GCX. They are a team of sustainability professionals and data experts who assist various companies in navigating their way to achieving net zero and net positive outcomes. I'm also joined in studio by the Chief Sustainability Officer at the Sanlam Group, Mr. Abel Sakhao. A warm welcome to you both. Thank you so much for joining us. Khati, let me start with you first. It seems as if this topic of SDGs has become more and more relevant. They do seem like very big and hairy, audacious goals. But let's talk about these barriers and go straight to the issue at hand. Generally speaking, what would you say are the reasons that will key barriers behind many companies and countries achieving these SDGs? Thank you, Andile, and lovely to be here. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's definitely the question to ask. You know, I always think it's about the questions you ask that can guide the answers and the insights, the activities and, and actions that you take. I think one of the most important things to consider is that these SDGs are systemic. It is about a holistic and a systemic approach that you need to take. And when you approach ESG or sustainability, and we understand there's a difference between these, and you approach it in a binary or a linear approach, I think you're missing a trick. It's about understanding how these interconnect and how they are interdependent, how they bleed over from the one to the other, which will really be impactful. Then linked to that, you also have trade-offs. You know, when you do certain things and you promote, for example, economic development, you might harm um, environmental impacts, even have a negative social impact. So you've got to have a bird's eye view 
you've got to understand what the, the top level impacts of your activities and your decisions will be um, on the one side from a top-down approach, but equally so, you also have to appreciate that sometimes you have to go into the details, so like a bottom-up approach and diving deep into your actions so that you can get some impacts. It's complex, it's difficult, um, you've, you've got funding and allocation challenges, you've got resource challenges, but I think for now, let me stop there. Right. Um, you know, we can talk a lot about this. Right, I'm going to um, come back to the, Absolutely, I'm going to come back to the issues of how, um, you know, all these dynamics can affect, you know, how, how companies achieve this. But Abel, let me come to you. What, what are your thoughts? What, what could be the reason that, you know, um, many companies or countries are struggling with these goals? I mean, they are big, hairy, audacious goals. Let's just start there. They're so mm -hmm. by definition, they are difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Andile. I think, you know, there's so many um, aspects that we can mention regarding why are we delayed in achieving the SDGs. Uh, I would just want to highlight maybe the fact that, you know, SDGs, when you look at how companies approach them, yeah. they have a short-term focus in terms of the activities linked to the SDGs. Because we want to publish on an annual basis what is it that we are doing, Absolutely. so we've got that year. Whereas the SDGs are a global blueprint of development that is uh, 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 aligned to inequality to make sure that everyone in the world, not a single country, but all the countries are developing in a manner that will be able to ensure that there is no inequality, there is no poverty, we can mitigate the issues of climate change. So that whole short-term focus, then uh, it, it changes how companies and countries approach SDGs because they then have a particular term to make sure that they can achieve those goals without looking at the long-term uh, uh, um, aspects. The other one is lack of collaboration. You know, we all want to be number one at something as companies. And not collaborating is one of the biggest downfall of why today we're talking about the risk of not achieving the 2030 agenda of the SDGs. Because we're not going to do it alone. You know, as Sanlam, for example, we need to bring like-minded companies to work with us on a particular goal to make sure we can uh, achieve those. So those are the two things for me that are critical. If we can solve those and make sure that we can collaborate more and we can also focus more on a long-term outcomes rather than the short-term outcomes. We can do much great work in terms of achieving the SDGs. Thanks for that, because, Kati, I wanted to ask you, you know, you work with companies a lot, and you're always assisting companies in, in their, uh, let's call it, sustainability journeys. But when, you, when companies look at these SDGs, they can look like very big goals. I mean, there's things like no poverty, zero hunger. To, to, to what extent do I, as a company, potentially have to look at that and go, which are the ones that I think I can make a difference in? And also have a look at the region or the area or the community that I operate in and maybe focus on the ones I can make a difference in. Because you did make the point that they're all intertwined. But they, they can be quite overwhelming. They, they can hamstring one to inaction just because they can be quite big and, and bold. 100% and I think that is you putting you putting it spot on I think the challenge with sustainability sustainable development or ESG depending on what companies call it and how they you know make it their own is it's so overwhelming you know it's complex it's difficult it's you know the problem where you say everybody is affected but it's no one's responsibility um, and we're thinking someone else will do it 
So you've got to break it down and you've got to make it palatable for a company to absorb and to say, okay, I understand I cannot solve all the world's problems, but the SDGs, in my view, forms a beautiful framework. I mean, it's internationally one of the best frameworks I've seen. It's clever, it's intelligent, and it's practical, and you've got it on one page. So you've got to say, okay, let me understand what I can do and and how can I actively use the SDGs in my um, strategy. I love what Abel was saying, collaboration is key. So for me, care, collaboration, and curiosity. If you've got those three Cs, you're going to be okay. You know, it should be a knowledge thing. But SDG 17 for me is the pinnacle. Um, that on the one hand. Secondly, is it doesn't really matter which one you choose. As I said previously, the bleeding over effect. When, for example, you choose SDG 4 or 13, climate action or 4, as you know, quality education, many companies choose those two and then 8, decent work and economic growth. By and large, you will impact the others as well. So it's understanding what your purpose is. What, what difference would it make if you don't exist? How do you change things? How do you make life better? And a big topic is social impact. What is your social impact? And then you can start reverse engineering and say, okay, I understand what my purpose is. I understand why I'm here. Understand the change that I want to make. How can I use the SDGs to guide my vision, to let me think about things and to interconnect these using then the targets, the goals and the indicators to um, actively help you with strategizing this, embedding it and market, making it part of your right. your um, culture and your DNA. There are a few other things that I would like to talk about social impact, but um, let me hand over back to you and then we can, if we have time, we can talk about that. I just want to piggyback on your three C's, eh? care, collaboration, curiosity. And I want to ask now, how do I deal with that? I mean, it's a little bit easier if I'm just a South African company, right? I understand my context. I understand the history of the country. I understand where we sit socially and sociopolitically and socioeconomically. But if I'm this conglomerate, I'm this, this, this multinational, I have operations all around the world. I may sit, let's say I'm an American company, and I may take a view that of the 17 I as an American uh, multinational, these are the ones I focus on. But the reality is that if I'm in Guatemala and I'm in Nigeria and I'm in uh, uh, India, uh, you know, the priorities may, may differ in these various places. How do you help companies find their way around the fact that each of these regions, each of these environments may be quite different and that might affect your strategy insofar as, you know, sustainability is concerned or trying to comply by or trying to achieve these SDGs? Such a good question. Um, in my research that I'm doing, I realized every time I do something, context is key. You've got to appreciate what the context is. And you were talking about different countries. So countries have different cultures. They have different legislative frameworks. Their policies are different. The way people do things. I mean, I was recently in Italy and the Italians just do things different. The way they treat food, the way they treat culture and art, it's just different to the way we do. And we must celebrate this. So I like a practical and a pragmatic approach and um so when you think about your strategy, if you always link it to your purpose and you say, you know what, I want to address unemployment or inequality or water scarcity, 
and you link it to your country's wicked problems or grand challenges, as they say, then you just adjust it and you tweak it to make sense in that context, in that culture, how people embrace their religious beliefs and their spirituality, for example. Because you cannot force something in a square if it's inherently round. I mean, it's it's obvious, right? So if you take a pragmatic approach and, in my view, principle-based as opposed to rules-based get you a long way. Got it. Um, So adjust it and, and tweak and see how things work and be adaptable and flexible in your decisions. Try something. I always talk about the adaptable and the maladaptive space. Stay in the adaptive space. If you see things are going pear-shaped or <laughs> south, you know, just adjust and change your decisions so that you can retain your maximum social impact. Got you loud, and clear, got you loud and clear, Kati. Abel, I have to ask, how are you doing it at Sunlam? How are you making sure you are making a difference and a dent, I guess, in trying to achieve these SDGs? Yeah, Andy. Uh, I would like to also to pick up on what Kati said about partnerships we realize that even though we might have priority SDGs, we should operate across the 17 SDGs. You can't pick and choose. You can have priorities, but you have to work across them. So within Sanlam, we work across the SDGs in terms of focus, because we can make an impact in any of them, you know. And uh, for example, I'll give you an example in terms of how then do we use partnership. We've just launched our early childhood education with the Department of Education. And why did we do it with the Department of Basic Education? Is because they, they are the lead uh, uh, department, both politically and technically, in terms of advancing education in early childhood. So Sunlam is just a catalyst in terms of investment. It invests in that sector right. without wanting to own the outcome. And that's the approach that we are taking to say, when we look at the SDGs, they are so big. We don't want to go and sit, uh, stand at the top of a mountain and say, this is what we've done. We just want to catalyze action and bring partners together to say, guys, we've started the process. Come with us. Let's partner with us. Let's go forward and make sure that we can get the outcome that will benefit the maximum number of beneficiaries. Similar we did with the ESG uh, barometer. You know, that whole intentionality and additionality aspect to say, yes, it's a a Sanlam uh, initiative but it's an initiative for South African Inc. Right. You know, let's all own it together and let's make sure that we can move forward together. Got you. And I'm interested in, you know, I've, I've, I've read up somewhere that many companies or, or at least researchers have proven that it is a lot easier and there's likely to be better outcomes if companies pick or choose the SDGs that are in their groove of their business, yeah. right? So things that come through the work that they do, yeah. right? So that could be sustainable uh, per manufacturing processes. If I'm in a manufacturing company, that makes a lot more sense for me to use less electricity, not use child labor, and I can think of many other things yeah. that contribute to the SDGs. Uh, now, as a, as a financial services player and Africa's largest non-banking player, what's your groove? I mean, how do you now pick the things that are within your world or your circle of influence, as, as I would say. Yeah. So, for example, we, you know, we can't, we can't, uh, uh, as a financial player, not have SDG 13 as part of our focus. Right. You know, because we need to invest in renewable energy and green solutions. Right. Uh, 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 the whole issue of um, partnerships, the whole issue of uh, education, you know, SDG 4, and the whole issue of uh, um, uh, 
a, a biodiversity. Right. You know, so we have to choose SDGs that are able to be easy to be implemented as right. part of business as usual. Right. But we even go further. You know, uh, the other day we just launched a campaign to eliminate single-use plastic in our offices. Wow. And if you look at the impact of that, uh, from a value chain perspective, right. you know, you talk about, you know, a microplastic that is polluting our oceans. Absolutely. Ends up in our food chain, you know. So we can do so much from a Sunland perspective to make sure that that plastic does not end up in our buildings. Got you. Therefore, therefore impacting the other SDGs that is not directly linked to our business processes. And that's how companies should start thinking. Absolutely. And the beauty of that, of course, is that if I work at Sunlam and I'm seeing that behavior in the office, I'm likely to take that behavior to my home, to, to my family, and Absolutely. it just becomes how I live life. Thank you so much for your time, you too. Thank you, Kati. Uh, thank you very much, Abel. That brings us to the end of episode two of the Sunlam ESG Barometer Series. Tune in again next time for episode three, where we will be discussing the recent calls that seem to be coming from some investment communities around the world I've seen a lot of it come from the United States, and that is reducing the importance of ESG in investment decisions. Until then, goodbye.